Games We Grew Up With, a podcast that relies on nostalgia and a geeky sensibility. Each episode, we're going to be talking about a video game that left an impression on us as kids, put on some rose-tinted glasses and reminisce about it. Then, we get to replay the game and see how it's held up over the years. This episode, we'll be going 88 miles an hour in our DeLorean and talking about Final Fantasy for a ton of systems. I'm Katie. I'm Cloud. I mean, Chris. Uh, we're here with our producers, so uh, let's get started. So we are on episode nine and a half. Nine and a half. Katie, why, why, why are we doing a half episode here? Because we've already lied to you all. We aren't going to be <laughs> replaying a game that we've already played in the past. In fact, we will be discussing multiple games today, some of which we haven't played in the past, some of which we have, none of which we will be replaying for this particular episode. We're talking about Final Fantasy. All of them. All of them. So we've been putting off Final Fantasy for nine episodes now because we wanted to make sure kind of that we knew what we were doing with this podcast so we wouldn't embarrass ourselves talking about probably one of the most well-known one of our favorite franchises of all time of all time definitely definitely one that we grew up with so and so instead of doing a typical episode, we wanted to instead kind of give it a little bit more credence, a little bit more dues that we feel like it's owed. Making a Final Fantasy game at episode 10 felt like the right decision, but we kind of wanted to go a step beyond that. Was that a handoff? Yes. I, yes, but it doesn't it was, have to be. No, that's fine. It was very clearly a handoff. <laughs> so... I think this episode, what we're kind of going to do is we're going to just kind of talk about what the entire Final Fantasy franchise means to us. Yeah, so this episode is essentially going to be one long rose-tinted episode where we talk about what our memories are of the franchise, not so much in details, but in generalities, what does the franchise mean to us as a whole, and kind of the impacts it's had a little bit on the greater scale of our lives than just one particular game and our memories of that one particular game. So it's a larger scope rose-tinted episode. And, you know, while this is going to be our major rose-tinted episode, uh, it is nine and a half for a reason. We didn't want to give this our 10th episode because for our 10th episode and for future episodes, we are actually going to be playing the games and doing a more traditional way of looking at them there. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later. But in our later episodes, we will actually be playing the games and moving on from there. So before we get out to all that, there's one thing. It might be a half episode, but we still have one thing to do. Chris, Chris, it's time for video game trope of the day. Trope of the day! Do, 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 do. <laughs> so, Chris, what is our video game trope of the day? Well, we, and mostly being you, because you're the researcher for a lot of this stuff, we could cut that part out. <laughs> Stop giving the behind the scenes! <laughs> so we wanted to find a trope for this very special trope of the day that would encapsulate kind of the entire Final Fantasy series. We always try to relate our tropes to the game that we're talking about. I have no idea what you mean. It's completely random. What, what could ever you mean, Chris? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like, it's like we do homework every once in a while. 
other than just playing video games. Complete coincidence. <laughs> so our trope of the day this episode is dark and troubled past. What a what a great one for all of the series. Yeah. So Katie, tell us a little bit about a dark and troubled past. So of course, this is when some your main character, sometimes side characters, sometimes all the characters has something in their past that's troubling them. That's the dark and either a lot of times they can't talk about it because it's just like the brooding, like, no, it's too tragic. I can't talk about it. And and it it's an easy way that anyone who's writing a plot just gives insta depth to someone is because they're not just surface level there's this deep darkness behind them that they have to get away from for whatever reason and of course inevitably in the game movie tv show it will come into their face and their lives and they have to face it head on and beat their troubled past and or dark past also you said brooding yeah which kind of made me laugh brooding and i said brooding and not brooding Yep. Of broding. That's a totally different background. Bro. Broding. Fine. I'm not redoing it. I don't care. No. I'm redoing it. So. so a lot of times the the whole uh, dark and troubled past you often see rolled into like a, a in media res start. Yeah. Because that's a way to kind of block out whatever that background is. So it's just like, here's our hero in the middle of the action. Who is he? I don't know. We'll find out later. Yeah. So like, it's it's kind of interesting how those those tropes kind of flow together a lot of times. Yeah. Or either that, or this is also something that absolutely falls into every single time you meet someone and they can't remember their past. Amnesia oh, yeah. comes into this a big part of like. I, I'm such a happy-go-lucky character, but I can't remember the last five years. Why? And it's like, oh, because you probably murdered, like, 20 people. <laughs> it's always something it's, like that. Yeah. It's one of those things that's kind of an excuse to have character development. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it's like, what happened? It's like, oh. It's instant Let me death. explain. Yeah. Um, of course, video game examples, pretty much every hero of Final Fantasy falls into this trope. Almost mm-hmm. every single one. And a lot of the side characters of it, Final Fantasy fall into this. Like, some, most of the villains fall into this. JRPGs yeah. love this. Oh, yeah. RPGs in general, actually, because not even just JRPGs. We have a lot of the uh, Western RPGs, like, everyone has a tragic past. Dragon Age, I feel like everyone has a tragic tragic past. That's, like, the whole point of, yeah, Dragon yeah. Age Origins. It's like... How messed up is your origin story? Right. Let's see. The Witcher, like every single person you encounter has a tragic past. Everyone has a tragic mm-hmm. past. Like, it's just something that happens. It, it also goes beyond just RPGs. The example I looked up was I laughed at Shadow the Hedgehog, which is just so rid- I mean, <laughs> he's a ridiculous example in general. Oh, yeah, they because... tr- yeah, that was a try to make it edgy. But that was exactly it. They literally, to make Sonic edgy, they added a character with a dark past where he had to he was a lab rat and had to run away and wanted to break free of it like it was ridiculous i don't want to talk about it he also had a gun because reasons but anyway but the the characters like that so it it definitely pops up in a ton of video games but of course it also pops up in like also all every media media, yeah like literature movies tv like batman is the easiest example yeah but like every character in batman it's not just batman himself (laughs) all of them all of them have tragic past. That's why they who are who they are. 
the Joker, they tried to give him a dark and troubled past and the killing joke. And, uh, yeah, all of just, the Robins? All, all of the, the Robins. Yeah, all of the Robins. Some of them with multiple times, because you have Jason Todd, who had a tragic past and then was murdered and then brought back and doubled by phone. tragic. Yeah, by, that, yeah, well, phone yeah that, was, that was a weird thing. But... <laughs> Mallow from Super Mario RPG. There you go. Dark and troubled past that we don't really know about, but someone does. Yeah. But I mean, even like even Disney loves this trope because even Meg from Hercules. Think about it. She like it seems like the innocent like damsel in distress and turns out, oh, no, she like is working for the devil because her boyfriend was a jerk and she sacrificed her soul for him. And then he ran away. Yeah. Like it's. It's a very easy trope to lean on, and it's not necessarily the worst thing, but sometimes, you know, the writers get lazy. So, that is, I think, a good encompassing picture of our video game trope. I think that is a good encompassing look at our video game trope of the day. Rude. Do we want to record No. No, we're not. We're not recording any conversion. Your take is going in too. Damn it! Ah. It was too easy. So now we're skipping forward and not covering a specific game and talking about the details of that specific game. So no Chi Ocarina time, no going into the past. We're just going to talk about the games with our rose-tinted glasses and tell you how we feel about Final Fantasy the series. So Chris, how do you feel about Final Fantasy? I love Final Fantasy. It's one of the seminal franchises in across all console gaming like i i know i haven't played a ton of them i'll be honest but the ones that i played have definitely had a huge impact on my gaming in all media going forward right so let's let's start with what games have we actually played within the final fantasy series before right. all of this started. So because there's about a billion of them. Yeah, and I think the game that we both talked about, I think is we pretty much started with Final Fantasy 7 on the PS1. Mm-hmm. I think that was most Americans introduction to the series to be fair. I mean, it definitely came out on earlier systems, but that's what really popularized it. We were definitely in that same group. In our generation anyways, yeah. Yes, in our generation. So Final Fantasy 7 absolutely. You played Final Fantasy Tactics. I played the heck out of Final Fantasy Tactics, yeah. I definitely, I, I played uh, Final Fantasy IX next. I actually skipped eight and went back to eight eventually, but I definitely played nine before I played eight. I don't know if you did. I know I played nine before I played eight. I barely played eight or nine. I think I started both of them and never got very far, if I'm honest. Yeah, nine I definitely played from top to bottom. I, I actually have cosplayed as a Dane, like... I, I love that mm-hmm. Final Fantasy IX, in my opinion, and we'll, we can talk about this, is very underrated of all the mm-hmm. Final Fantasy series. I feel like people just kind of disregard it because it's like, oh, eight, then 10, and they just don't talk about nine. I loved <laughs> nine. So definitely I, nine. I played eight more with friends. Like, I, I definitely uh-huh. didn't love it. And so I think I more often would play through with friends to go through the whole game. That was me with uh, six slash three 
Mm-hmm. I think that was the one that originally was called three, but it was six, in the US. and then it was yeah, it was re-released to six. I'm pretty sure I played that with friends. I don't know where. I know I played through the whole thing. I know I at least probably started it just kind of hanging around in college playing it on an emulator. I know I played a lot of the Game Boy ones, at least two or three of them, because there was Final Fantasy Legend. Yes. One, two, and three. I played one and three. Definitely played a lot of three. Played that multiple times. The first one I played a tiny bit. I think there was, uh, it was called like Final Fantasy Adventure was on the the Game Boy. And that was interesting because those were Game Boy games that I played on the Game Boy Color, which was always fun. Huh. I think after, of course, 9, 10 was the next, I think, big title that attracted a lot of people's attention that was really, really popular. That was the first game on, I want to say, the PS2. So you had Final Fantasy X that came out, then ten two, which I played briefly. I've never played through properly because no. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. no. <laughs> I just, I hated Yuna. I, Sorry. Yeah, I, I didn't controversial play either opinion, of those. Maybe. Yeah. I hated Yuna. She drive me nuts. I hated Titus, too. They were both the worst. Waka's the <laughs> man, though. Just throwing that out there. So, Final Fantasy X, then obviously Eleven was online, never did that. No. That was the that was the MMO one, right? Yes, the, Eleven the was attempted on MMO. the original MMO. Yeah. Then came out 12, which I played on the PS2. Didn't love it, but didn't hate it. I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't like I don't it didn't stick out in my memory. I probably can remember none of their names. Like I I remember playing it and I remember beating it, but I don't remember if I played 12. Like I legitimately can't remember if that was a game that I played or just watched. I- I want to say it came out much later that you might have already been in college by the time that game came out, or when I was playing it, at least. I don't remember uh-huh. you being around when I was playing 12. Um, so, yeah, so that's a great point. For Final Fantasy XI, while I never played it, especially because I wasn't really, I'm not into MMOs. I, I don't mm-hmm. do that. I think one of the most experience I've, or some of the most experience I've gotten from Final Fantasy XI was from one of my favorite web comics, Little Gamers. Nice. They had a huge series of Final Fantasy XI comics, and that's how I got a lot of knowledge of it. It, it tempted me to play, never still did, but tempted me to play because of that. It's funny because I did play a lot of MMOs, and I that was just never on my radar. Like, there was zero chance that I wanted... If, if nothing else, I guess I was already invested in all the, like, like WoW and Guild Wars and, sure. and all the other stuff. Like, sure. it just... I will say one of the reasons I always said I didn't want to play an MMO was one of your friends, actually, was big into MMOs. I remember him legitimately telling at times, I can't go out tonight, guys, because my guild has a raid. And I was just like, no, that's too much. Like, he was that MMO he was person. That MMO yeah. person. And I was just like, nope, that's too much. That's too much. So after Final Fantasy XII, there was a, a big gap from Final Fantasy XII. There kind of, it felt like it because it's, it's funny because you were saying Final Fantasy XII for the PS2. And I was like, is that right? Yeah. Because I remember playing 13 on the PS3. Yeah. 12 was... So 12 came out in 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was in college, even. Which is why you don't remember playing it, and I remember playing it by myself. Yeah. And then Final Fantasy 13 came out in 2010 in the US. That's what uh, I thought. So I was like, I was out of college when when 13 came out. And and so, you know, there so there actually was, you know, a bigger gap between 10 and 12 because 10 came out in 2001 mm-hmm. um, and 12 didn't come out till 2006. So, you know, there there were actually, you know, pretty big gaps in there. Final Fantasy 13, I know, is very, again, 
I'm going to put out another controversial opinion out there. People are going to hate me for this podcast. I actually liked 13. It wasn't the best. Oh. I never said <laughs> I never said that like it was better than everything and absolutely it was on rails and it had so many issues. I liked I didn't mind Lightning. I thought she was interesting. I think if you get past some of the problems, it's an enjoyable series or game. So I really like 13. Then 13 did the same thing that 10 did of 13-2, then there's 13-3. And then of course we get into Final Fantasy 14 is the second online iteration of the Final Fantasy series. I did not again touch any of that. I think again my my little experience of Final Fantasy 14 is our cousin plays Final Fantasy 14 or did Little Gamers has come back and they now talk a little bit about Final Fantasy 14, so that's kind of hilarious. They they messed up 14, the original release of 14 so badly that they had to re-release the whole game. And then Final Fantasy 15 of course came out on uh the PS4, which was one of the reasons I finally bought a PS4 because I was not broke but didn't have a ton of money, but I was going to do it for Final Fantasy. I literally buy systems for Final Fantasy. This is how it works. I bought a PS3 <laughs> to basically pay Final Fantasy 13. I bought a PS4 for Final Fantasy 14. That's how I work. It's not the only reason... 15, sorry. Not the only reason I'm buying a PS5, but it's one of the reasons I'm buying a PS5 for the next Final Fantasy game. It's just... That's what I do. I can't I can't judge you. I bought a completely new tower when StarCraft Two came out. Because I was like, I need this. But so that's, that's a side. Yeah, and that's all the, the, the main features. I even played a lot of the spinoffs. I don't know if you played any of the spinoffs. I played, not just like 10-2 and 13-2. I played like a bunch of the Final Fantasy VII spinoffs. Like Crisis Core, Dirge of Cerberus. I played the Dissidia, which was the Final Fantasy fighting franchise for the PSP. So it was a fighting game with Final Fantasy characters. I forgot um, you had a PSP. Yes. Well, <laughs> funny story. I bought a PSP for Kingdom Hearts. So there you go. Square Enix makes me buy <laughs> systems. Just say more, more Square. Square, <laughs> Square has cost me a lot of money. It makes me laugh because I remember um, we the first time I had been to LA, and I'm pretty sure I was with producer Lisa. I mean, I know I was with producer Lisa. Yes. So we're we fly into LAX. And I don't even know if this is still there. We literally got into the rental car and we're leaving. And it's like the square offices are like right near LAX. That's and I was awesome. like, holy cow, it's a square. Like, I need to get a picture of this. And it's just like, oh, okay. It's like, it's just a sign that says Square Enix. I was like, yeah, but it's so cool. On like a generic office. Building. On just like a regular office building in an office park. So I totally did that for, I believe it's Ubisoft is in San Francisco. But yes, so there's a so I've you know played a good chunk of the Final Fantasy games. It's really the very earliest games that I we didn't play as kids or even as youth. Like the, those definitely came much later in life. Um, in fact, uh, we'll be discussing it later. But they there are some we just didn't play at all. Some of it was due to availability in the U.S. Because mm -hmm. in case anyone is unaware, there's so some weird numbering when it comes to the Final Fantasy series. So. One, Final Fantasy, the original, is Final Fantasy. Two and three in Japan are two and three, but in the U.S., they've released three was six and five, mm -hmm. I believe, was two. I thought they called it three in the U.S., but it yes, was six. But it was six. It was six okay, in okay. Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then number two, I believe, was number five in Japan. 
Two was four, three was Oh, I'm sorry. Two was four. See, this is how confusing it is. Uh, Two in the U.S. was four in Japan. Was four in Japan. They skipped five and then went to six, but called it three in the U.S. And then for seven, wiped the slate and said everything calls it seven. So there, there were a ton of these games. I, you know, I talk about, I, I talked about in the first few episodes of this podcast. I played the remake of Final Fantasy VII again. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a massive series that has had a huge impact on our life. We kind of talked briefly. Final Fantasy VII was the first one we played, and yes. I think this is a huge impact on on how we grew up with games, in my opinion, because this is what really made me fall in love with JRPGs in general. We talk a little bit in Super Mario RPG about the turn-based strategy and all that, and I absolutely Mm -hmm. felt that. But again, I think we played that a little bit afterwards just because of we didn't have the system originally, so we played it down the line on emulators. I know I played a little bit at friends' houses. I think we talked about because yes, I remember we didn't really trying to do. I remember it. trying to do correct. I remember trying to do time to tax in Final yeah. Fantasy VII. Yes, I do but, remember yeah. doing time to tax then too. But Final s- Fantasy VII was the first RPG that I think that we played together completely. Yeah, and 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 it. I think it was it was a defining feature of a couple of our friendships that we had with other people. Oh yeah. Because we had all these inside jokes around Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy 7 about about Cloud, about Chocobos, about which I love that Chocobos are in almost every iteration of the franchise and you have Moogles in so many yeah, iterations. I was going to say Chocobos and and Moogs which which now just makes me think of a synthesizer but yeah, Chocobos and Moogs are like the two those are those two defining icons of the Final Fantasy series, right? Like Right. But then there's other things like even though it's not in later games, the look of the Black Mage was like it's something like that the Yeah he, he has that yellow hat and the dark. The yellow face hat and the blue and the blue, the blue cloak. And yeah, and, you can't see his face. And you can't and see the white mage. And like, the white mage. These the, are just iconic images now that almost define in my mind, and maybe in a lot of other people's minds, when you talk about a white mage in any RPG, a cleric yeah. I think of that image of the white robe with the red triangles. And it's funny, the impact that those games had. And I think as as a bit of a spoiler to future episodes, I was playing through Final Fantasy. And I'm saying, yeah, this has a lot of those uh, stereotypical status effects. And I was yeah. like, well, they're stereotypical because... This game defined him. This game did it. And I mean, okay, so credit to credits to a lot of this probably came from well i say it probably came from D, but how much that this would be some interesting genealogy to dig into because how much because it's you know oceans apart yeah. how much did D affect final fantasy you know what i mean and vice versa but also i think yeah. just the the general mythos around fantasy like this yeah. is the fantasy yep, yep, yep. genre in a nutshell um, just an Eastern take on it. So every time we say our JRPG, we're saying Eastern RPGs, but specifically Japanese RPG is is Japanese role-playing games, JRPGs. Mm-hmm. It's a general term for Eastern-style RPGs. Which is funny because it used to mean more like turn-based RPGs, right? You right. said JRPG and you were, there was that stereotypical turn-based RPG. Yeah, And they still kind of are. Well, I, I play yeah. the Persona series and That's they true. still are turn-based. So just Final Fantasy isn't anymore. <laughs> well, all, all the Shinigami Tensei games are, are still yeah. turn-based. But yeah, so it's just one of those, the series just defines it. But it's funny, again, it, this comes to our personal experience and my personal experience of order. So while I do think of the the dark mage, the black mage to have that mm-hmm. look, 
I really first encountered, I know you played it a bit, or you saw those looks in tactics, but I really experienced a lot of that in Final Fantasy IX, where one of the characters, your black mage character, Vivi, looks like the mm-hmm. classic black mage and it's oh, really it's absolutely in tactics no, too yeah yeah no it's in tactics but i remember seeing yeah. him he's actually had a name he's not just the black mage he's vivi right and he's <laughs> he's a black mage and he lives in a colony like it's a whole thing and it's part of his storyline mm. but now anytime i see him in the future because of my association playing final fantasy 9 and loving it so much i'm just like it's vivi it's vivi it's like Hi, yes vivi. whatever black mage yeah even though it, it is, is just I, a general he, and that i think it was interesting because in nine i think they were using it as a callback to the original game yeah. of being like look vivi looks exactly yeah. like every black mage but in my mind now every black mage looks like vivi it would be really interesting to to go out on social media and maybe we'll do this at some point and get them like like word association picture picture association like yeah. you know do it one way or the other like or both yeah it'd or be kind both, of interesting because yeah, it's it's fascinating with that like just that image of the big orange hat, as you said, and the blue cloak and no face. And no face. Uh, and, you know, that's something that's defined, you know, the series are yeah. those kind of looks. Um, the chocobos. Other other things that come up in a lot of the series, especially later, I don't know how much in the very, very early ones, again, because of my experience with mostly the later series, but the creatures you fight like a cactuar is in a bunch of them or the tonberry mm. which is the worst always <laughs> forever the tonberry sucks because he murders you they're just flat out he murders you but like but also the the the, the materia and the summons so you have shiva and ifrit and bahamut and you know, these are the ones that show up in almost every single game and when they don't show up in a game in the later series it's especially weird, yeah. you're like wait where's shiva and that was one of the issues a lot of people had with 13 was the way the summons showed up was very very different it was like each person got one summon and you rode them it was it was weird hmm. again i get it 13's weird but but that was <laughs> that was a thing is like it still had them but they evolved them in weird ways and i didn't know how i felt about that yeah they've definitely carried those like i'm pretty sure even going back to i'm just gonna call it six yeah no call it six that's easier yeah I'm pretty sure Six had Shiva and Afrit and and Bahamut and all of those. Like, and it's been yeah, really cool to see those carried on. Like, they didn't call them. They, there was no materia or anything like that. I don't think of that game. But they called them just, by the name. Yeah, like summoning was always there. Was always like a subset of the magic. I'm pretty sure. And well, Six had the weird thing where it was like techno magic. <laughs> that was that whole thing. And yeah, and and but I think that's one of the reasons that the series, in a long run, really people get attached to the series as a whole because they they love the callbacks. They've got that continuity. Yeah, they love the fact that it's always called Gil starting a certain point in the series. We can talk about that another time. <laughs> it's always called Gil. It's always you always encounter those same summons. The materia magic is used with the same names. You know, mm. y- you can start a brand new Final Fantasy game and at least know something a lot of the times and have a comfort There's, there's going to be a bunch of stuff that you're going to have a touchstone to the other. Ethers, yeah. elixirs. And, you know, maybe yeah. some of these eventually came from other games. Elixirs definitely was in, like, Super Mario RPG. Like, they existed, but in sort my of, mind... Sort of, like, the, the idea was. Yeah, like, in my mind, I really just associate those all with Final Fantasy 
a phoenix down like it's just how yeah phoenix down how iconic of a name is that like another thing that they've kind of established yeah and and just like the series itself just has become so iconic and the characters especially like again we talk it mostly starts in the later series especially seven seven is the one that everyone remembers certain characters seven from. is the one that brought it to the mainstream brought it to especially again the mainstream our generation which is it's going to be hard to pull apart that sometimes we say we brought it to America. It's like there was probably that core demographic that played it on the Super Nintendo. But I, just, but I, I feel think like, it sold yeah. so many more copies than any oh, Super yeah, Nintendo Oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, and it's just, you think of... You think of Cloud. You, like, think, you of think of Cloud. That Cloud blonde, with the spiky hair. hair <laughs> with the gigantic sword. The Buster like, Sword. It's just... Yeah. It's, yeah, I know that. I've never Yes, exactly, producer Lisa. People will recognize those images without ever having played it. And that's, that's what's, you know, crucial. And I get, you know, we talking more about our experiences about it. For me, things like I I talked about Kingdom Hearts a little bit because Square is just has stolen my heart forever and Square owns my soul. (laughs) But like, a lot of people were excited for Kingdom Hearts because like, I want to see what Disney characters they have. And I'm like, what Final Fantasy characters show up? I need to know. And that was what, like, I wanted to see Final Fantasy. And actually, that was one of my biggest disappointments with the whole Kingdom Hearts series that Nine never made it, even though, in my opinion, those characters would have fit perfectly in that genre. But that's my mm-hmm. point. My heart was always within the Final Fantasy half of it, not the Disney half. And I, I think I'm very weird for that. I love Disney still, but just that's why the, my love for the Final Fantasy characters in the series, mm-hmm. that's what carried me through those kind of things. I mean, arguably, uh, on kind of my background with all of this, like, I mean, Final Fantasy VII, yeah, that led me to do, like, Final Fantasy VI. It it led me into all of the, the Legend series, because that was one of those, like, I played Seven, and our neighbor is the one that lent me all of the all the Game Boy games for for the Legend and Adventure series, yeah, yeah. and again, those are some of my favorite. And I I honestly think Final Fantasy Tactics is my favorite. Yeah. Final Fantasy game, and arguably that has paved the way for so much more of my gaming, tabletop gaming, as well as console gaming, like just that grid based tactical feel that final fantasy tactics had that kind of got me into like the hex encounter type war games arguably it got me into you know warhammer 40k and all of those ones now because they're all that grid-based tactical it's just a that mindset of gaming that i love like look at things like xcom xcom that grid-based tactical rpg I caveat that while other games might have come first and that this doesn't mean that Final Fantasy and Square pioneered this, this was our experience and this is what brought it to our personal attentions. This is how Absolutely. we dealt with it. And everyone has different experiences, but I also know that a lot of people had our experience that Final Fantasy is yeah. what brought this to them. <laughs> so there was, there was Tactics and then there was Tactics Advanced, which they had... At least two, if not three, yeah, on the DS, and I tried, and they just, they didn't do it for me like the original did, like, so I just saw that they had Tactics, and I think they renamed it War of the Lion on the iPad, so I immediately downloaded that and played the original Tactics. Do you want to know, by the way, random thing, do you want to know how much Square Enix owned my soul? I was in, like, a forum chat for a long time in mm-hmm. it was a digimon chat if i remember correctly 
Uh-huh. But a group of us literally wrote a whole fanfic about our us being in like the Digimon world and everything. But specifically, we all ended up breaking into the Square the Square Soft at the time, the Square Soft like warehouse and stole Final Fantasy 30 because we were joking that was the future. And so we ended up stealing Final Fantasy 30 because we were so desperate to play it. That literally played a part in this fanfic we all created. What a weeb. Nerd. Major nerd. <laughs> oh, there's no question. Major nerd. Wonderful. One other thing, and I, we talk about the, when you join, you start a Final Fantasy game, there's certain things you come to expect with Final Fantasy, and they're really great about keeping that consistency. Um, one thing I know that started in the first game, in the original iteration, is certain musical elements. I was just going to say, we haven't talked about the music at all. And it was, the music was great. I they They've literally done concerts with the final fantasy music because yeah. of how good it is like 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 orchestral concerts i generalize and say everyone recognizes it i don't think it's true but i think 90 percent of gaming culture will recognize the victory tune of do 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 oh yeah and that was all the way that was in the first game it was in the first game and the that's first game that stuck to now, and, and so much so that in the remake, a little bit of spoilers for anyone who hasn't played the remake of Final Fantasy VII, but they don't play it in the traditional way, but at one point, Barrett, the character Barrett, starts singing it when he beats something. He actually does it in his Barrett voice, like, da 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 and it is, when that moment happened, Kyle laughed at me because I got so excited. <laughs> I was like, he sang the song! I think I accidentally found the boss music from Final Fantasy VII, like the remake version, and it wasn't the same, and it was super, super disappointing. Yeah, like, some of it is the same, some of it's not. You recognize it. But the point is, the music is also such a huge part of Final Fantasy oh, yeah. series. Even though they do absolutely have separate themes for every single game, each character often has their own theme in the later mm-hmm. series. There are certain sounds, like the victory song, that just stick out no matter what game you play. So much so that in Super Mario RPG, there's this special boss that squares through in there that was a Final right. Fantasy boss, basically. When you beat him, the Final it Fantasy played, victory played, played music. Theme, yeah. <laughs> and, and it just, it's that kind of thing of like, that's just, the, that stands out. And that's that rises almost above, that's how iconic the franchise is. It arises above just a single game and above just the series that it's just something people recognize. And that's amazing. The, the Final Fantasy VII boss music, like the, just the generic boss music, is some of my favorite game music ever. Yes. And like, if, if you've never heard of them, if you've heard of the, the Black Mages, mm-hmm. so they do like rock covers of all of that stuff. And it's amazing. Like they've got that, they've got the bunch of stuff from Seven. they've got the battle music from Final Fantasy VI, they've got the boss music from Final Fantasy VI, like yeah. it's... The, the music has definitely become a cultural icon. Yeah. Along yeah. with the things like chocobos and moogles. And... Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we've talked about a lot of things. We've talked about how much the series really impacted our gaming lives, essentially. this is It really dictated how I think you and I approach games and what games we love and enjoy and, and, and have stuck out to us and influenced us as we view other games moving forward. We aren't doing a straightforward what's our rose-tinted glasses score and what's our predicted score <laughs> just because... It would be all tens, all nines. It would just, it doesn't work that way. Except for that later stuff, I guess, that I haven't played, but... Instead, I think we're going to do what do we think? Because we are going to 
try our best to play through all of at least the first 10 series for the podcast. First 10 of the series for the podcast. We're going to try. So it's kind of biased because we haven't played through all of them yet. We've mostly, as we've talked about, played through the later games. But we're going to say we know we have a good general knowledge of all of them. Chris, of the main series first 10 games, what do you think will be your top three games? It's I'm going to cheat, mostly because I haven't played a lot of these. The As we were alluding to, a lot of the games that I did play were a lot of the ancillary games. Yes. Seven is going to probably be, I'll throw that out there and say my favorite. That's easy. Six is probably the backup. Only because of what you were saying, nine is going to be up there. I'm fully willing to put one of the first, like one, two, or four. I'm going to say two or four might be up there because I played a lot of those Game Boy versions Mm -hmm. that really, really remind me of the again spoiler a little bit that we've started playing in the series they they harken back to that so i'm hoping it'll get kind of the the good parts of that so i'm gonna say seven six and then i'm just gonna go somewhere in two to four what about you what what do you think you're you're you've played a lot more of these than i have I also did a, a bit of cheating research of what is the internet's favorite of all the Final Fantasies. So some of that's probably mm. going to tint my perception of what they could be. But I will say, I mean, I have to agree with you. Seven will always and forever be my number one. Not even because it's the best game overall. It's just because I think it will never be able to... It won't have the same impact. Like Right. I will never be able to disassociate it from the impact it had mm. on my life. And that's just that's just a fact. And so seven will always always be number one. Uh, nine will be my number two for this pretty much the same reason. And it's cheating, and it's I, I get it, but it's just that those games meant so much to me. I enjoyed playing them so much. I I just think it's it's gonna be it's gonna have to be up like it's gonna be my number two just because the memories associated with it. I don't think there's anything in the gameplay that could possibly make me not like it as much as I like it now. I will round out my top three with Final Fantasy VI. I don't have as much experience. I definitely played through it, but it definitely came later on. But I just, I remember having so much fun with it. I remember it being just really, it felt different than the other Final Fantasies at the time because I had played the, like, the, the, the later generations first. And I just really liked it. I had a lot of fun with the characters. And yeah, so probably six will be my number three. And I'm caveating my scores, obviously, because we're not throwing in tactics because that would take too long to play through. Yes, but tactics would be your number one, we know. Absolutely. But it's so long of a game. Are you going to give the official rankings? So the, the internet's opinion. Yeah. Internet's mm. opinion. Do you want me to announce You announce it. Into the mic. That's wrong. So the internet's opinion, if we cut it off at 10, is that number one is Final Fantasy VI. And it is number one by miles and miles. VI is the world's favorite game. After that, it is mm. nine. coming in second see i think that's in critical ratings but when you talk to people people don't remember nine so this is an average of nine lists that i found online of different people fair enough and so it it tried to balance as well as metacritic rankings and then after that was a tie with seven and eight what 
Boo. No. No. In no. what world people are seven squall. and eight Cr- people in the same level? And they Wrong. Love the chick in the blue duster that I'm liking on her name. Far and away, <laughs> the worst two are Final Fantasies one and two. Yeah. Interesting. Because they're old and they're so different than the original series, I, or the later series, I should say. Go tell them to play Adventure. Then they'll then they'll really <laughs> like those early games. One hundred percent of lists rank Final Fantasy two as the worst Final Fantasy game. Every single. Interesting. List. So, it makes us really excited to play it. Yay! Okay. So thank you, producer Kyle, for the official internet list that apparently is wrong because of course is the wrong. wrong. Um, the internet's wrong. Just saying, we're already telling you now. The internet's wrong. <laughs> I'm gonna find all of the gifts and clips that i can find that are just going wrong so now that we've gone over that here's how we're going to be approaching future episodes including the official episode 10 finally of final fantasy episodes so as we've said we've never played the old games so we can't really do our traditional playthrough of our rose tinted glasses then a playthrough instead including episode 10, we will be just playing those original games and talking about what our feelings are on them, how did we feel playing through them, uh, such and so forth. So episode 10 will be Final Fantasy 1 and 2. Then we'll down the line cover Final Fantasy 3 and 4 together. Then starting Final Fantasy 5, they're kind of long enough we want to give each their own episode, so we'll cover each of the later games as their own episode. But the games we really played, so 6, 7, 8, and 9... We will be going back to our original format of memories, then play through the game. So we are going to be spacing them out. They're not going to be all in a row. We do need to give give ourselves some breaks and some breathers in between the Final Fantasy. So they are probably going to be some of the bigger episode numbers. They'll be scattered about, but we'll be hitting a bunch of Final Fantasy and playing through them. Feel free to join us, play through. There are a lot of ROMs out there. They're available on the classics. They're available on PlayStation. There's a lot of them out there. Join us, play through if you've never played them through and join us and let us know what you think of them. We prefer if you go the legal methods first. (laughs) We are no way endorsing using ROMs and emulators. I said ROMs, but I was actually literally thinking of the classics. So we will be playing one and two through either the PlayStation version of the remake or the NES version for at least one on the NES classic. So join us if you have those games, if you have those systems, join us, play through if you've never played it. We'd love to hear your thoughts if you have played it or if you haven't played it. Join us on these playthroughs. We'll have a lot of fun. We're not going to be streaming these as much just because there's Lots of They're going to be really boring It'd if you really, try to watch. Really, really boring. We're gonna, we will be <laughs> There's trying There's a lot of grind in these early games. So much grind in the early games. We will be probably putting clip shows together, so you'll see some of our epic fails, as, as producer Lisa loves to point out all of our fails, which we appreciate her for. <laughs> yeah. We'll be streaming on and on. On and on and on and on. And on and on and on and on and on. We'll be streaming off and on. You'll see us pop up with these games. But join us for our streams. Play along if you want. Play the games. And so that's kind of it for this episode. Big thanks to uh, everyone that has interacted with us so far. Uh, We've gotten a bunch of feedback on our Facebook page. And we've seen some on Instagram and Twitter as well. You could find us at 
GWGW show. We're, we're trying to be better with social media, posting stuff uh, whenever we're streaming, uh, random fun tidbits that we come up with along the way, especially since we're not going to be streaming a ton of uh, these Final Fantasy games. Yeah, we're going to be doing polls, questions, stuff like that. Big thanks to uh, producer Kyle for all the work that he's done, producer Lisa for all the stuff in the background. Yeah, and um, again, episode 10, join us next time for Final Fantasy 1 and 2. We'll see you in two weeks for that episode. I know this is only a half episode, but these are really long games, guys. They take some time. It's hard. <laughs> Especially when you have, you know, a job. A real job. And I like to I like to grind, so these games are taking so long. So leave us a five-star review, interact with us social media, listen to the episodes, tell your friends, and we'll see you next time. So say goodbye, Chris. Goodbye, Cloud. Bye everyone. Aha! Mark that down where producer Kyla was wrong. Aha! Except he's the one who... Count it! He's the one who gets to delete it is the problem.